Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here. It's not live in our church service, but it is alive because we're going to the Word of God to bring a sermon to you, a Sunday morning sermon, teaching and preaching from the Word of God. And the Bible speaks of the Word of God this way, that it is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Hallelujah! It is a it is a separator between flesh and spirit. Uh, it is alive. That's what quickened means, and that's what quick means here. The word of God is alive, and therefore it is life-giving. Praise God! So it's as we. Enter in to a time of receiving the Word of God today. It is like seed, Jesus said. If it falls in good ground, see there's life in the seed. If it gets in a good browned heart, it will come alive in that heart and it'll bring forth fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some one hundred fold. Praise God. So are you ready for some some planting of the Word into our hearts today? I pray that you have a good ground heart, a heart ready to hear and ready to heed what is written in the Word of God, the Holy Bible. We're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians 3.16, but we're going to begin by making a statement and announce the teaching today. And the title of this sermon is, The True Church is a Spiritual Building. The True Church is a Spiritual Building. It is not see just stone and steeples and stained glass. It is a very real spiritual building. Let me tell you something about our bodies here today as we read 1 Corinthians 3.16 in just a moment. All right? Uh, a professor, a very high, highly uh, uh, educated man concerning the human body, has written this, uh, these amazing truths about our physical bodies. Our bodies, he said, are amazing creations. You know, he wasn't the first to realize that, although the psalmist didn't put it in all the, all the medical terms. But he did say that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> we, we are one of the top shelves of God's holy creation. Say, man, our very body. And he says, and I'm going to quote him today, not David, but this, this, uh, this professor. He said, our bodies are indeed amazing creations. Your nose has the capability of remembering 50,000 different scents. Your taste buds are replaced every 10 days. Your body sheds about 600,000 particles of skin every hour. You might want to change the seats. She, I mean the sheets. <laughs> Amen. A little more often. Amen. There are 100,000 miles of blood vessels in an adult human body. Our ears and nose never stop growing. While awake, the human brain produces enough electricity to power a light bulb. Uh, we're not going to go into the wattage <laughs> different people 
you understand. He didn't say that. I had to. Human bones are an ounce are ounce for ounce stronger than steel, though they are composed of 31% water. The human eye can distinguish about 10 million different colors. If uncoiled, the DNA in all the cells in your body would stretch to 10 billion miles. Uh, it takes a professor to figure this out, right? Your brain uses 20% of the total oxygen and blood in your body. In a lifetime, your brain's long-term memory can hold as many as one quadrillion. Now, if you want to know why he's even put this in parenthesis, one million billion separate bits of information. Your heart will pump nearly 1.5 million barrels of blood during your lifetime, enough to fill 200 train tank cars. When you take one step, you're using up to 200 muscles. There are over 650 named skeletal muscles in the human body. Some figures suggest as many as 840. All of this is absolutely astounding and amazing. But the most amazing thing about our bodies as Christians is that God can and does indwell us by His Spirit and not compromise His holiness because of what Jesus has done at the cross and because of what we do in response to what He has done in our behalf when we receive Him as our Savior. What an incentive to live a holy, separated, and sanctified life. In the new covenant, God doesn't just inhabit the praises of His people. <laughs> he inhabits the praiser. He inhabits the worshiper. And so the church is not just a building in the new covenant. When, when we come together as true believers, as those who have been born again, born from above, we compromise a genuine spiritual building. You know, in the Old Covenant, God says this. He said, the, the heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where's the house that you will build unto me? What, what, what great edifice can we erect, you see, that, that, that we are so impressed with that God would be impressed with enough to come and inhabit that building? What, what, what would we build to him? He's, he wants to dwell with us. In fact, he wants to dwell with us by dwelling within us. So he said, heaven's my, my throne. Earth is just my footstool to give us an idea of how vast and great he truly is. So he said, what, what are you going to build to impress me? But to whom will I look? To him that is a humble and contrite spirit that trembleth at my word. That's what Paul meant when he said, I was with you and fear and weakness and much trembling. Hallelujah. He fit the bill for God to come and indwell him. And he certainly did. Someone gave this caricature of a church that majors on form without content. The Bible said in the last days, part of the perilous times, men would have a form of godliness denying 
the power thereof. Listen, this is what someone said. This is a caricature, but you may have been affiliated with a church like this, or you know of one, you may be in one. Users, ushers rather, stoic-like in their demeanor, greet people on Sunday morning with a half-grin, half-grimace. They mechanically thrust a printed program into the hand of each worshiper. The order of worship is so crowded with litanies and liturgies, collects and collections, hymns and homilies, that the likelihood of the Holy Spirit getting into the act is highly suspect. The choir proceeds and recedes. The organist repertoire of Bach and Chopin is singularly impressive. There's a time to stand and a time to sit and a time to kneel. There's a time to sing and a time to recite, a time to respond and a time to be silent. Dr. Sounding Brass waxes eloquent on the latest social issue that has attracted his attention. And I'm going to put at the bottom of that now that I'm unquoting, Oh God in heaven how we need to enter your presence and minister to you and then go out in the power of the Spirit and serve you. Amen. Someone said that 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 1 o'clock or 12 o'clock it used to be when church was 11 to 12 in many areas, that 12 o'clock is when we go out of the church. It's when the salt gets out of the shaker and in to the world. We need this revelation and this realization that the church is a spiritual body of believers. It is not a building. It is not a steeple. That's where worshipers go uh, to worship him. But we are the church today. We need the genuineness. We need the real thing today. A woman returning to the beach saw a crowd and this true story, a crowd in commotion, upon closer investigation, she saw that the man they were gathered around with her husband. What are you doing to him? she exclaimed. Giving him artificial respiration, the lifeguard replied. Artificial, she said. Give him the real thing. Amen. Listen to First Peter 2 and verse 5 about the real thing. It says, Ye... Also, speaking to believers, as lively stones, living stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. This is what we're talking about. This is what Jesus was talking about when he said, They that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. A spiritual house for God, made for His abode, one translation says. Hallelujah. Listen, according to Scripture, we have been appointed to become a spiritual house. God has occupied houses down through biblical history, and God vacates any dwelling that becomes defiled, desecrated, polluted, or unclean. God's pattern house, very clear in the Old Testament. Listen, 1 Kings 8.13, Solomon said, I will build thee a house 
to dwell in. So both the tabernacle and the temple were patterns of things in the heavens. The Holy of Holies, the inner sanctum of the temple, was the dwelling place of the presence of God and the Shekinah glory of God. God's house defiled by sin can be defiled by sin. Listen to Matthew 21 and verse 13, the words of Jesus. My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. God didn't want to leave his house. He goes with great sadness in the Old Testament, we see words like this when, when the temple, the earthly temple, the, the physical temple, not the spiritual temple, but the physical temple became defiled with, with inscriptions to false gods. Ezekiel saw it as a wheel within a wheel, slowly departing. And over the temple door was written Ichabod, the spirit of God departed. Now I have been in churches that were cold, not because of the air conditioner, but because of the spiritual condition of the people attending and the people leading, because it had became a form of godliness that denied the power thereof. Listen to what Jesus said to Jerusalem while the temple worship was at its apex. Matthew twenty-three thirty-seven through 38. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stoneth them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chicks under her wings, and you would not. But your house is left unto you desolate, literally forsaken. Continued defilement of the temple changed the possessive pronoun from my to your house. Sin's entrance necessitated God's exit. In 70 AD, Titus and his Roman hordes marched into Jerusalem, destroyed the city along with the temple. So God took up a new residence, didn't he? He became incarnate in Christ. Listen, God's perfect house became pattern, or literally for a pattern for us, was Jesus Christ. John 2, 19-21. Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building. Thou wilt rear it up in three days. But he spake of the temple of his body. Amen. Listen to Colossians 2.8. He was God incarnate. God, he was God, but also his body, like our body, was a place for God to live in. Colossians 2 and verse 8 says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Glory to God. Jesus never sinned. But in order to bring salvation, he took the sins of the world upon himself. To wit, 
the scripture said God was in Jesus Christ. He was in Jesus Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. What about God's pad? That's God's pattern. That's why it said, be followers of God as dear children and walk in love even as Christ. Hallelujah. This, this be followers of God is the word imitator. And it means to pattern our life after God's own person, God's own character. It's called godliness. And the incentive to live this kind of life patterned after Christ's life and after God's character revealed in and through Christ. Amen. This is the pattern house for the presence of God. Ah, but what about God's present house? Purchased, perfected, and protected by the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. His residence now in the earth is revealed. Every true child of God is a spiritual edifice with a royal resident. I want to say that again. Every true believer is a spiritual edifice with a royal residence. Let's read this in Ephesians chapter 2, 13 through 22. Let's read all of this scripture while we have a little bit of time left this morning. But now, in, but now, that's important. Verse 13 of Ephesians 2. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, and so making peace." and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them which were nigh. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now, listen to verse 21 and 22. In whom all the building fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation, literally a dwelling of God through the Spirit, through literally the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Ghost. Listen, a sanctuary dedicated, consecrated, and sacred to the presence of God. Hallelujah. In Him and in fellowship with one another, you yourselves are being built up in this structure 
with the rest to form a fixed abode in the Amplified, a dwelling place for God by and through the Spirit. Praise God. I like 1 Corinthians 16, 19, and 20. It begins with what? What? The the apostle is taken back that people didn't get this great truth and have this holy incentive to live holy for God. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God and you're not your own? God claims us. God claims us as his own we should rejoice in that not not re- <laughs> not recoil from that we should rejoice that we belong to him listen this is this is good news today that he seals us he marks us with the holy spirit <laughs> coming to abide within us amen christ in us is the hope of glory. Praise God. What? He says, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God and you're not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. Hallelujah. Praise God. Look at 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you have on your shouting shoes this morning? Isn't it good to know, oh yes, there's responsibility when God comes to live in us. We, we, we want, we do not want to defile the temple. This is so important today. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. We don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. We want Him to be free to move in our heart and in our life. None of us are perfect. That's why God came to live in our spirit, in our body. Not just in our physical flesh, but in our spirit, which is in our body. But listen to 1 Corinthians 3.16. Know ye not, once again, don't you get this? Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Oh, friend of mine. Let's don't do those things that harm our bodies. Amen. Let's do those things that cause our bodies as this, this, uh, place where God can live, this place where Christ can live and feel at home. The disciples, when people were pressing on them, they got so irritated by everyone pushing and shoving and the blind Bartimaeus hollering. And they said, hold your peace. And he got even louder. They were irritated. They were children came running to Christ and he said, let him alone. And they pushed them back and Jesus invited them in. But they were irritated with all of the, 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 all of the havoc that just when he walked down the street sometimes. And they said, how is it, Lord, 
that you're going to manifest yourself to us and not to the whole world. And he said, if any man love my father and keep his commandments, I and my father will come to him and make our abode with him. Abode, abiding place. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus comes. The Father comes because the Holy Ghost comes to live within you and to live within me. Praise God. Listen, friend, this is so important today that we would become a habit, a house when we come together. Two or more gather in his name. He said, there am I in the midst of them. Is it because he came to that place? Or is it because we, as his temple, brought him when we came together? Hallelujah. I look forward to gathering with the saints. I look forward to worshiping with the children of God. Why? Because if we are truly children of the Most High God, our bodies have become the temple of the Holy Ghost that has come to indwell our very innermost being. That pattern of the Old Testament temple, the, the holy place and the most holy place. And it's all a pattern of our very bodies and our very being. Praise God. The holiest of holies is our spirit. Our soul is the holy place. The outer court is our body. All of it taken together is to be set apart unto God for this holy of holies purpose. Hallelujah. That's what sanctification is all about. I want to close by reading this. And this is what ecclesia or church really means. It means called out ones. Listen to 2 Corinthians 6.14. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what accord or agreement hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth? with an infidel or unbeliever. And what agreement hath, here it is, the temple of God with idols. For ye are the temple of the living God. And as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God. They shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean or forbidden thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Almighty. It just continues, the thought continues into chapter 7, verse 1, without breaking the thought, having, therefore, these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. From all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Not the dread of God, but the deep reverence for God. And the fact that this God, this God who lived in the temple, who came into the temple in behind the veil in the Holy of Holies, has come to live in the Holy of Holies of our spirit and to indwell us. And Christ 
has come to indwell us. And the Holy Spirit has come to indwell us. This is how Jesus keeps his promise to never leave us, never forsake us. Not that he's walking beside us, but he's living within us. He said, I'll go with you all the way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Every step of the way, even unto the end of the age, lo, I am with you always. You know why? Because he's within us always. So let's live for God. Someone said it well, didn't they? The holiest moment of the church service is the moment when God's people, strengthened by preaching, go out of the church doors into the world and represent this wonderful King and this wonderful kingdom of light, hallelujah, and of love, and of peace, and of joy, and of salvation, hallelujah. No one and nothing in the world can take the place of who and what we represent as the children of God, for we're a building, <laughs> hallelujah. Someone else said it well, the church is where the temple goes to worship on Sunday, comes together to worship on Sunday. Praise God. Amen. What an incentive to live for God, to live that life in a great house, the scriptures teach, or many vessels, some to honor, some to dishonor. But if we will flee youthful lust will grow up in God. Amen. And quit letting our flesh dominate us and start walking in the Spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. The Bible says that we, if we separate from these, see, this is sanctification. If we separate from these, we will be a vessel of honor, meet, for the master's use. See, he wants to walk in us, live in us so he can move in us and through us. That out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. Glory be to God. And we can go forth as not just the appointed witnesses unto Christ, but the anointed witnesses unto Christ. In Jesus' precious name today. In this world that is so polluted and so perverted, it's more important now than it's ever been to recognize that we are the temple of God and He indwells us. And there are things that we're going to do in response to that. And in the name of Jesus, there's things we're just not going to do anymore because of that. And there's going to be a joy in this fellowship we have with an unquenched and ungrieved Holy Spirit that can move in us and through us and reach out and be a witness unto Jesus and the kingdom of God. Christian, it's time to come out. You're already called out. It's time for the called out to come out. And be you separate and represent him. Hallelujah to this world that needs him so desperately today. Oh, I believe God wants to send a mighty revival of holiness, righteousness, sanctification to his church 
today. How about it? Let's open our lives and open our minds and open our heart to the Word and let it cleanse us today from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the deep reverence for our God and our King. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, your body is not a place that God can come and live. For our sins have separated between us and our God. The holy and the profane can never mingle, never mix. It's like oil and water. You may have a deep sense today of your unworthiness, and that is so very true. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God in His mercy, God in His grace has found a way to reach out to us in spite of our sinfulness. He sent His Son, who knew no sin, to go to the cross and bear our punishment so that God could justifiably forgive us because of His sacrifice, because He took it wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. Oh, oh dear friend, it says all we like sheep in the next verse in Isaiah 53 have gone astray, but God hath laid on Him the iniquity of us all, punished Him, he cried, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, on the cross which being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Oh, for a brief moment, he felt Ichabod. He felt forsaken of God, though he was God in flesh. He felt what every sinner will ultimately feel and what you may be feeling now. Ah, but that can change. You can run to Jesus. You can repent of your sin. You can receive Him as your Lord and Savior. And your body that has been so defiled for so long with sin can become a temple for the Lord in Jesus' name.